lather, rinse, repeat. I don't repeat. Stop, drop, and roll. Freaky Friday. Throwing so much shade at Ethan. Like I knew it before you even gave the hint. What? <laughs> hey, Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon, Hillary Duff. And welcoming back to the podcast right now, Kat McGee with the Hillary Duff Project. Hey, Kat, welcome back to Deaf Enough. Hi, so happy to be here once again to talk about our queen. Yes. <laughs> and so for listeners who might have missed your last episode, you were on the Casper Meets Wendy podcast. Tell us a little bit about the Hillary Duff Project. Yeah, so the Hillary Duff Project is a theatrical experience um, that takes you through what we have deemed to be five of Hillary's most important stages of her life. Um, so we take you through stages such as Casper meets Wendy, Lizzie McGuire, her Aaron Carter dating breakup phase, the Lizzie McGuire movie, and then the all-encompassing life after Disney. So it's a really fun show with lots of um, her old hits um, that are such classics and close to our heart. And um, yeah, a celebration of feminine empowerment and looking at her transition from childhood stardom into the wonderfully successful mother, author, businesswoman, actor that we know today. You can look at our Instagram at the Hillary Duff Project to see all of the whole journey through the rehearsal process and the production and keep your eyes peeled for any future productions in the works. Awesome. Love it. Well, Kat, I know the last time that we talked, you had said, you know, you hadn't really revisited Lizzie McGuire in a while. And so I'm curious, you're you're doing, we're doing Let's Talk Lizzie for this episode. So what was it like to kind of jump back into the show? So some of those episodes, I really distinctly remember, specifically um, the one where Matt and Lizzie switch places. I, I remember that so vividly as a child, but all the other ones were kind of new to me. And I honestly was very surprised at how much I still enjoy them even today. I think a lot of the humor and also a lot of the... Um, storylines and the lessons that she learns are still pretty timeless and relatable. So I, I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm excited to continue kind of watching all of the episodes. Absolutely. It holds up in a way that's nostalgic, but also like you were saying, the, the messages are just timeless. So it's great. Throw on some low rise jeans and toss in that butterfly hair clip. It's time for Let's Talk Lizzie. The five episodes that we are going to be talking about are episodes six through ten of season two. So the first episode is called And the Winner Is, and it premiered on April 26th, 2002. This is the episode where Mr. Dig assigns the class to do this scavenger hunt project for history. And I wanted to do this so bad in school. Like, I wanted one of my teachers to assign me a scavenger hunt like this so bad. Like, such a fun like way to spend the Saturday and like just an excuse to kind of hang out with all of your friends and go through different parts of town like all the places that they visited all seemed like places that they would have hung out in anyway um but, like the benefit of getting potentially an A was seemed super cool right I mean we love the digital bean we love the digital bean. love the digital bean but a little subplot of this episode is actually that Lizzie Miranda and Gordo are fighting which is not strange because they fight in a lot of these episodes. But the weird thing here is that we don't necessarily know 
what the fight was about. Like the episode starts and they're totally at odds. They say they're not going to talk to each other again. And they totally do. But I definitely um, almost went back and watched episode five because I didn't remember the show being a show that like followed in chronological order, like one to the next Mm -hmm. with the beginning with this fight. I thought I definitely had missed something in the previous episode that like would have given insight into what their fight was, but I decided to stick it out and Obviously, we find out what they're fighting about later on. Yeah, barely, though. Like, it's still not super clear. It's still very silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that kind of becomes the whole, like, story of the episodes is, like, we don't really know, but they're fighting. So there is a question as to why they're fighting, and we we learn little hints throughout the 22 minutes. Um Starts out in history class. Mr. Dig is the sub. They're not going to take a test. They're going to do an interactive test here. And it is a scavenger hunt. And if they win, they get an A grade for the semester. But of course, they have to pick partners. Now, normally, it would be Gordo, Lizzie, Miranda. But in this case, they're not on good terms. So Gordo gets partnered with Kate, Miranda with Larry, and Lizzie with Ethan. So lucky Lizzie there. And I made a note about how Miranda kept telling Larry Two feet, like stay two feet away from me. Two feet always. Yeah. Yes. Now we do learn a little bit about what went down between the three friends. And we hear like Miranda ditched Lizzie at the digital bean and Gordo didn't get the memo. So it's like this is kind of our first clue as to what's happening. Speaking of first clues, Mr. Dig gives them a clue and says that like you're going to start at the post office and they're all like talking smack at each other. Lizzie says to Miranda, Miranda, you may be able to talk the talk, but you can't walk the walk. And Ethan chimes in and says, yeah, because you know what? I can walk and talk. Ethan was filled with so many, so many good quotes this episode. I mean, this episode has the quintessential Ethan line in it from the whole series, pretty much. And we're almost there. Ethan has come over to meet Lizzie for the scavenger hunt. And he's talking to Sam and Joe, Lizzie's parents, and they're complimenting his hair. They are like doting on him. Right? I mean, who wouldn't, though, quite honestly? Yeah, yeah. But do you want to take the line? Oh, yeah. Well, they were like, how do you get your hair so nice? And he's like, I'll fill you in on the secret. You know how the shampoo bottle says lather, rinse, repeat? I don't repeat. And they go, oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. And Joe's like, and it still gets clean. What's funny about that line, little fun fact about me, I actually do like vaguely remember this episode only because of that line, because I used to lather, rinse, and then do it again. And after that, I stopped. I stopped wasting all that shampoo. So Ethan Craft with that sweet, sweet knowledge. And the thing is, like, I feel like shampoo bottles that I would have, the little kid shampoo bottle, literally said lather, rinse, repeat. And so that was totally something that kids would have gotten. Like, this wasn't a joke that went over my head as a kid. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, I had the little, like, L'Oreal That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Yep. Jumping to Matt's storyline for a second, Matt doesn't really get his own storyline in this episode. He's kind of a little morphed into Lizzie's story, but he finds a map for the scavenger hunt, which Lizzie dropped in her bedroom, and Matt thinks that it's a treasure hunt. So he's like, ooh, pirates, I'm going to do this. And so then he goes on the the hunt, too, and that's kind of his storyline. 
Joe and Sam do get their own little plot in this episode. And it's kind of interesting like how it unfolds because at the beginning, they're like, ooh, we're going to be home alone. Like Lizzie's out and Matt's going to do the treasure hunt. Sexy music comes on. Yes, the sexy music. And it's like, what? But then they just are kids for the day. And they have a pillow fight and they, they like eat junk food. And I love when Sam... He puts like milk and chocolate syrup in his mouth. He's like, I'm gonna make a milkshake. And he like shakes his head. I loved the blender sound effect when he like shook his head. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say stylistically the way that they shoot, I mean, in each episode, the way that they shoot it, there's all of these like, they like do not stray from weird angles, these like cartoonish sound effects that on its own feels very cheesy, but somehow it like really works with the style of the show And without that, the show isn't what it is. Absolutely. Back over to Lizzie's storyline here. So she and Ethan are trying to do this scavenger hunt. And Ethan is clueless because it's Ethan. Um, They're on rollerblades, which I love. And they have the helmets. They got the whole outfit going. Um, Meanwhile, meanwhile, Matt's and Mr. I love that Mr. Diggs started showing up. Yeah. So first, Mr. Diggs is like disguised and the kids are like, was that Mr. Diggs? And then when they finally see him, I think it was it was at the hot dog stand and he reveals himself and Ethan doesn't even recognize him, of course, which was great. We also see kind of a heartfelt moment here where Lizzie, Miranda and Gordo, they rant to their partners in the scavenger hunt. So Kate, Ethan, Larry. Kate. And they rant about, you know, how they're kind of at odds and they're not, none of them are apologizing to one another. And then I love how, you know, the partners, they speak up and say, you know, you're lucky to have a friend like Gordo or like Miranda or like Lizzie. And it's just, it's like, oh, I love that friendship. And I love that these other people recognize that and pointed that out to them. So I, I love the strong themes of friendship throughout each of these episodes. And I thought that was a nice, my first reintroduction to that theme, seeing it through these very, like very iconic characters, Kate, Larry, and Ethan, and having each of them have a very like profound sound advice for each of these characters, which not only shocked the characters, but kind of shocks me as an audience member too, to hear those words coming out, especially Kate's mouth. um, And her moment of, of admitting like, I might be the most popular girl, but like, I don't have any type of friend that's that lives up to what like um, Hillary and Miranda are. Yeah. So we do see that Matt actually wins the scavenger hunt or he's the first to get to Mr. Dig at the finish line. And Mr. Dig says, you get an A. But of course, Matt doesn't even go to the school. So he's like, this is a ripoff. So Mr. Dig gives him 43 cents and a bus token. And Matt's like, 43 cents and a bus token? And then he's like, okay. And he takes it. And it's like, whatever. Whenever... Lizzie, Miranda, whenever the other groups get to the finish line, Lizzie just has this moment. She's like, I'm going to do it. And she says, she's sorry. Everyone stops. And when I say everyone, I just mean our three little groups that we've been talking about because we never see any other students participating in this. Nope. <laughs> and so, so yeah, they stop and Miranda and Gordo apologize too. We still don't exactly learn what specifically went down. We just know that like, I think Lizzie tried to 
have a meetup at the Digital Bean and Miranda didn't get the message and so Lizzie was mad and then Gordo didn't get invited, period. I, we really don't know. Like, that's the whole, like, point is, like, we never truly find out what happens here. Yeah. But the, And the partners actually kind of get annoyed that they didn't cross the finish line yet. Like, they literally stopped right before the finish line. Um, How convenient. <laughs> right. And then Miranda, Gordo, and Lizzie are like, well, let's cross it together. And so they link arms and they cross the finish line together. And then we find out Mr. Dig is like, Nina and Jeremy got here first. And I'm like, who? Who is, who are Nina and Jeremy? And how much how much further ahead were they? Because it just seemed like the three groups were constantly like one would arrive and the others would soon follow. Like how much further ahead were they? And I didn't really remember that that's how this episode ended. But I was like, you know what? I kind of love it. Like, it's kind of great. So, yeah. (laughs) Our next episode is called The Longest Yard, and it premiered on May 17th, 2002. This is the episode where Lizzie and Matt kind of ruin Sam's football. I mean, really, Matt did it, but Lizzie kind of gets involved, of course. But at the beginning, we learn that Sam is going to the Super Sports Expo, and he's super excited, and Joe is going with him. She's not excited. (laughs) And Lizzie is going to have to watch Matt and Lanny. And one thing we also learned at the beginning is that Sam has this football that was signed by Walter Payton from the 1986 Super Bowl, which I looked up. It's a real football player. I don't know sports, so this wasn't (laughs) common knowledge to me. Did you know that name? I did know that name, yeah. I okay. didn't know like the whole Super Bowl year or anything like that, but I recognize the name for sure. <laughs> gotcha. Well, this is what Sam says about his football, though. He says, it's my f- favorite thing in the world. And he's like, besides you guys, of course, talking to his family. So after Sam and Joe leave, Matt and Lanny, they're actually playing football in the backyard and they get their football stuck in a tree. So then what does Matt do? Of course, he goes and grabs the Walter Payton football that's like on their mantle above their fireplace. And Lizzie stops them. She hides it in the closet. Well, then later when Lizzie's like on the phone with Miranda and Gordo, who, by the way, are using a payphone at the library. But while she's on the phone with them, we hear kind of this noise or I think it's right after she gets off the phone. And Matt and Lanny have like tried to get a board game out of the closet, made this mess. And Lizzie walks over and then we see the bowling ball fall from the shelf onto Sam's football, and now it is just, you know, flat. So then here's our dilemma for the episode. But this is very Sandlot. This is very Sandlot. Yeah. When Miranda and Gordo come over eventually, you know, Lizzie's stressed over the football, but we find out that Matt and, Matt and Lanny have actually taken the football, and they've left the house, and they're going to go get it fixed. So now Lizzie has a deflated football, and she has two kids missing who she was responsible for. So things are going great for Lizzie right now. And Joe actually calls her, and she's suspicious, and Joe says that they got a flat tire. I mean, what a coincidence, flat football, flat tire. And she's like, I really think we should have someone check on them. And this took me back to the babysitting episode in the first season, which is my favorite episode of the series. And Sam, like, doesn't trust Lizzie babysitting Matt, so he goes home and, like, spies on them and stuff. But um, Sam's going to have his softball buddies go home and check on them. So then the plan here, Lizzie and Miranda are going to go look for Matt and Lanny, and Gordo's going to stay at the house. I love how Gordo just has a moment where he makes this huge sandwich. It's so random. It's the nastiest looking sandwich I've ever seen in my entire life. 
It was so gross. I was like, chocolate and- sauce and mustard? Absolutely not. Yeah. And I love how he's like, okay, I'm going to order a pizza. So, and I love, so right before that was this whole montage of Matt and Lanny trying to like solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And I didn't write all of the places that they went to, but the two that stuck out to me were towards the very end, which was them taking it to a taxidermist. And then to a doctor. The doctor went like, the doctor just looked so strange. I was like, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, and that was where it kind of had that like fish eye lens. Mm-hmm. Like this episode definitely took advantage of like close-ups and like different angles. Right. Especially during that montage that just like added to the bizarreness of the whole thing. And the last people that they talked to were like chess players. And they're the ones they took advice from, which was to go and get another football. Right. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. But Lizzie Lizzie actually gets worried here, which animated Lizzie is like, am I really worried about Matt? Obviously, she is a little worried about him, but she also just doesn't want to get in trouble. Come on. And they start thinking about like, where would the kids be? And they decide on the comic book store. Well, conveniently, Matt and Lanny are going to the comic book store because that's where they're going to get the football. Now, why? I, I couldn't decide like why was there a football at the comic book store and i guess it's just fandoms there weren't there several footballs they were like all signed footballs like on display on the back wall at this comic store yep but matt and lenny go inside and they find a new walter payton signed football conveniently they just happen to have one right and matt actually like fake cries to the store employee to get him to exchange it and that employee who was very annoying to me he was like no but then when Lizzie shows up, she does she does get the clerk to exchange it for a Dick Butkus signed one. Didn't know who that was either. Also a real football player. Yeah, definitely don't know him at all. <laughs> yeah. So they take the football. They take the new football. They sneak back through the window at Lizzie's house because Sam's friends do show up and Gordo has to distract them. But as they're sneaking in, like Joe and Sam actually get back home and then Lanny has to sneak the new football down to the mantle, and it was kind of this little maneuver. But as things wrap up here, we see that Sam finds the new football, and he is not happy, and Matt and Lizzie both take the blame, which I kind of thought was like, oh, that's kind of sweet, because I'm surprised they didn't like throw it on one another. But Joe takes the football, and she starts laughing, and she's like, I would have just bought another football and signed it. And then she says that's what she did, because the real one fell into the fireplace. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love Joe. Matt and Lizzie still get grounded either way. Yep. We do get a sweet moment from Matt and Lizzie at the end where Lizzie tells Matt, you know, she's here for him if he ever needs her, but she'll crush him if he ever runs away again. So, but this was a fun episode. I mean, it was probably the least memorable of these five, but um, but it was a good one. Yeah, I agree. Our next episode here. Is called Just Friends. It premiered June 14th, 2002. Love this episode. It was a really, really fun episode. It was. It was. This is the episode where Lizzie like asks out Ethan and he turns her down. And at the beginning, we learn that there's a Sadie Hawkins Day dance where the girls are going to ask the guys. Miranda and Gordo are actually encouraging Lizzie that she should ask out Ethan for this dance. Cut to a scene where Lizzie is practicing, you know, how she's going to ask out Ethan to Gordo. And Gordo is pretending to be Ethan. He acts clueless, which is so true. And I love how animated Lizzie was like, well, it's not very nice, but it's true. I know, throwing so much shade at Ethan. (laughs) It was spot on. Yeah, not wrong. The next time we see Ethan, he says this line, which I didn't remember this line, but if you've seen Megan Trainer 
did this quizzed billboard video with Hillary Duff. Did you see that? Yes, I saw it and I was so jealous. I wanted to be Megan Trainer so I could be in that room. I know, I know. People were tweeting like, she didn't deserve this, which I'm not trying to hate on Megan Trainer, but I'm like, no, she didn't. I did, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to answer the questions faster than she was, and I did. She did do good though. She did. She did really well. She did extremely well. Hillary brings in Clayton Snyder, who plays Ethan, and he the line that he says to Megan is the line that he says here on this episode. And he's like, Lizzie, 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 my day is proceeding with fineness. And he says that to Megan Trainer too. <laughs> That's right. He has aged so well. He has. And I love how Megan Trainer was like, you've aged so well. You look like Hercules. So... <laughs> But right after that line, Lizzie does ask Ethan to the dance, and he says, you know, that he sees Lizzie as more of a friend and not his romantic type. And of course, Lizzie is just immediately confused and a little crushed, and we'll get to where that leads in a minute. I do want to jump over and knock out Matt's storyline for a second. This is a good Matt storyline, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it starts out, and we see him as like this mad scientist, and Lanny is like his hunchback assistant, and they're making a potion in the blender took me back to like being his age with my cousin and we would like make potions it was great but they make this and then they taste it and they're like oh this tastes good oh well let's forget being evil scientist and we're gonna sell this and make a fortune and then he opens up this backyard club and it's like it's club flamingo i believe and it is it is popping yeah well and to jump back during the milkshake scene first of all i love sam's interjection with don't touch my pineapple chunks. <laughs> and also this is where they heavily used these weird angle close-up shots throughout that entire sequence, which I greatly appreciated stylistically. The lights are turned off. Like it really looks like a mad scientist situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Lanny and his and his hump. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just to speed through that story a little bit, we do see that Club Flamingo gets shut down when this bully shows up. His name is Sonny Patterson, and he says that he's going to be shutting Matt down because Matt has been stealing his customers. Now, apparently, Sonny charges people to come over to his house and watch his parents' big screen TV. But Matt actually gives Sonny a fake recipe for this drink that they have, which the drink, by the way, is called the Supersonic Tonic. And actually, if you stick around at the end of the bloopers for this episode, you get to see Sonny drink it and his reaction. But Matt's like, put fish oil and all this gross stuff in it. So, And Matt's storyline will wrap up at the end with Lizzie's story, which we'll jump back over to here. Okay, so Lizzie decides that she wants to be what Ethan wants. And she's going to, she's going to start, you know, basically spying on Ethan. And Gordo's going to help her. And Miranda ends up helping too. But I did want to talk about this conversation she has with Gordo in her bedroom where she's like, you know, why doesn't Ethan like me? And Gordo's trying to encourage her. And he's like, you know, you're pretty and you're all these things. And Lizzie says, I'm wild and unpredictable. And Gordo's like, you're a good person. So Again, Gordo with the shade. He's like has such good, like, subtle quips throughout every episode, and I loved this one particularly. But Lizzie's going to change for Ethan, and at that moment, I'm like, oh, no. Like, we're about to learn this lesson. Like, don't change for people, because come on. So we got to talk about the sequence where they spy on Ethan, because it actually starts out, Lizzie and Gordo are in the bushes, and Ethan gets attacked by some pigeons, which I was just, I was dead at this. Dead. (laughs) 
And the special effects, too. I know. There are some really bad special effects, but also I love how it cuts away from the action. And we're just like watching Gordo and Lizzie react to what's happening. And we hear Ethan run into a pole. We just get this sound effect. And I love how Lizzie thinks she's like, oh, he likes nature and he's nearsighted because he ran into a pole. And it's just like, it's great. Later, Gordo actually just goes up to Ethan and, you know, is talking to him about girls, very out of the ordinary for Gordo. But Ethan says he likes the mysterious, quiet type, like in old detective movies. Um, Other things we learn, I think Miranda found out that Ethan likes Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, especially the Oompa Loompas. And Lizzie sees that he likes grape soda. And apparently Ethan likes golf, too, because Gordo brings Lizzie some golf magazines. And Joe kind of picks up on that because that was at the house. And Joe gives this speech where she's like, you know, back in the day, I changed everything about myself to make a group of people like me. And those kids didn't still still didn't hang out with me after I changed everything. And clearly Lizzie doesn't listen. And She's like, well, maybe you didn't do it right. Classic child being defiant and having to figure it out themselves. Yes. And so then we get Lizzie's first attempt at getting Ethan's attention. And would you like to break this down, how this goes? Because it is, it's so good. She comes out of the classroom in this like 1940s, like black dress. Red. I mean, like, honestly, it felt like very Audrey Hepburnish, minus the like bun. It was like sleek black dress, red lip the like almost cat eye sunglasses and she walks out and like intermittently throughout her dropping all of these like similarities that they have in golf. And then, Oh, she also mentioned how she liked jaw rule, which I thought was a crazy shout out because I know jaw rules name only because of the fire festival and the disaster that that was. So the fact that that was like used as a reference way back when, And Ethan's like, oh, you love Ja Rule? Like, what's your favorite song? And she goes back to, I love golf. Don't you love golf? I know that you love golf. And Gordo continually walking out of like the corners slash from behind her with like, here's a golf magazine. You ready for the tea at 7.30 a.m.? And um, what else is he? Oh, he hands her grape soda. And each with each of those, Ethan is just flabbergasted at all their similarities. And finally, she hands him her grape soda and she walks away, does a little hair tossle with Ethan's mouth agape. And he goes to open the soda and the soda explodes all over his face. And he has this like dying moment because the soda got into his eye. That was great. I mean, this moment... It was so memorable for me and super iconic, I feel like, in the show. There is a, like, blooper reel, not one that was featured in the show, but it it wound up online in recent years. And it was the video that they played at the rap party for the entire series. And so there were a lot of inappropriate bloopers that weren't on this reel. But there is, like, this classic Hollywood movie where there's a line about, like, you just blow or something. I'm going to look it up. Is it to have and not have not? Lauren McCall, yes. Yeah, you know how to whistle, don't you? You just put your lips together and blow. And Lizzie in this blooper reel says that line or something along the lines. But she's like talking about him opening opening up the soda. Oh my god. It was god. an outtake, basically, because they got notes from Disney about what wasn't approved. And that wasn't That's approved. That's so funny. But I just love that Disney the writers originally, you know, went there and tried to throw in a great reference. The story continues, and Lizzie is still acting like 
you know, she has everything in common with Ethan. She goes to school in this total goth outfit. I mean, the visor and everything, which she looked great. They're at lunch and they're talking about how much they have in common. And then she decides to ask Ethan again to the dance. And she did it very nonchalantly. She was just like, you know, the Sadie Hawkins Day dance is tonight. Do you have a date yet? And he's like, nope, still going solo. And she just says, you know, we should go together. And he kind of stops her in her tracks. He's like, oh, I thought we kind of talked about this. You know, we're, we're friends. And he says they don't have. And he's like, what's that subject I'm going to fail in high school? And she's like, chemistry. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, chemistry. And then, he, you know, he tells her he's sorry. And I don't know. Like, I'm a little disappointed in Ethan here because it wouldn't have hurt him to go to the dance. You don't have to go to the dance with someone that you're romantically interested in. Like, Ethan... Give Lizzie a chance. I completely agree. This this moment was, I had mixed feelings about because on one hand, I really appreciated the emotional maturity of Ethan to not stray away from how he was feeling. Because I feel like in my own life of dating, and I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty of people who will listen to this, there's a lot of conversations that I've had with people that I've been interested in or whatever, that rather than just tell me that they're not interested anymore, they just continue to not say anything. So I I actually was very appreciative and surprised at how mature Ethan is and actually voicing how he's feeling and not backing down from that. However, I do agree. I went to most of my dances in high school with friends as dates so the whole point of like him flying solo versus just going as friends, I think I would have appreciated that moment more if Ethan had been like, hey, I thought we talked about this, but also I would love to go with you as a friend because clearly we have so much in common. Right. And, you know, I think we'd have a great time. Never in the series did we get a real Lizzie and Ethan moment. Oh. So... As the episode starts to end here, I love the ending of this episode, actually, but Lizzie's bummed. She doesn't go to the dance, and Sam and Joe kind of have a little heart-to-heart talk with her, and Lizzie realizes that what Joe was telling her earlier about changing herself was true, and we see Lizzie go to the backyard, and Matt pours her a supersonic tonic, and he's like, you know, Ethan's a cool guy, which I love that Matt is comforting Lizzie here, but he's yeah. like, Ethan's a cool guy, but he's kind of, duh, which... <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Hitting the nail on the head with that one. Mm-hmm. Club Flamingo is like shutting down. So no one is out in the backyard at this point. It's just like Matt, Lanny, and Lizzie. But then Gordo and Miranda show up. And Gordo does say that he didn't get asked. You know, Lizzie's like, well, do you want to dance now? And so they get up and dance. Lanny all of a sudden becomes this amazing piano player. And he goes over and plays the keyboard. And Miranda actually grabs Matt to dance, which I thought was great. Hilarious. Um, Oh, and I wrote down some lines here at the end where Gordo tells Lizzie, you're much better being Lizzie than being Ethan's type. And Lizzie says, no. And then he says, that mystery woman thing was kind of, you know, he's like growls. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Gordo. It's like a little planting of seed for what's to come. So yeah, so that's pretty much the episode there. And that's a good one. That is a good one. Love this one. a great one. Next episode is called Those Freaky Maguires. It premiered June 28th, 2002. And you said you really remembered this one. Yes. And it's basically a take on Freaky Friday. So do you want to kind of give us the rundown on this one? Um, Sure. Yeah. So basically the episode starts off um, with a classic Matt and Lizzie fight. Um, Matt had, repl- or oh, Matt had taken 
um, Lizzie's clothes out of the hamper and put them back into her closet. So I guess she had reached for something that she thought was clean and she comes out and finds that there's a big stain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they kind of get down each other's throats. They have a moment where... I forget what the, I didn't write it down, but they say something in unison, which is something along the lines of like, why can't you just stay out of my life? They say stay out of my life at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So then all of a sudden you have like almost this weird science effect of like the out of body, like they're like ghost soul form, like out of their body and then switching over to the other. And both return to their room, discover that they are not themselves, and come out and start having a discussion about what just happened. Meanwhile, Sam walks out of his room with a coffee cup saying, hey, kids, you better hurry up. You're going to be late for school. And so the two of them end up having to go to school. Lizzie, who's in Matt's body, says to her brother, please don't ruin my life. Right. Matt, who is Lizzie, wears this, which honestly, the outfit that he chose for her is not the craziest of outfits. When she was walking down the hallway in this, like, it was almost like snakeskin, pink Yeah, and like black. kimono. Yeah, and this, like, feathery, like, kimono-esque sweater with, like, some feathers in her hair. And Gordo and Miranda had this, like, oh, my God, I can't believe what she's wearing. Meanwhile, in the background, you have all of these high school or middle schoolers, like, literally falling over <laughs> laughing. Like, if you rewatch that scene again and only look at the people in the background, there's literally people who are, like, falling over, keeled, like, hitting the ground with laughter. <laughs> I wrote that down too. It's it's so wild. And so I'm I'm just going to talk about each of their separate storylines like separately. So with Lizzie, the yeah. whole Matt who Matt who is Lizzie, that whole storyline is Miranda and Gordo notice that oh my god, Lizzie's acting like so much more confident in herself. She said I mean you see her having a whole conversation with Larry Tudgman and Ethan about like scabs and wounds and blood and this hilarious line of, um, you know, Ethan parts ways and he's like, all right, Lizzie, I'll see you at lunch. And Kate is furious, stomps over and she's like, Lizzie McGuire, like you just stole my lunch date. And Lizzie or Matt, who is Lizzie is like, no, I didn't. And she's like, well, then why did I hear him say that he'll see you at lunch? And she just goes, cause he's going to see me at lunch and like does this like whole hand gesture to like indicate each of those elements kate decides to fire back by pulling the seat away in class so that lizzie falls on her butt and matt who is lizzie is like oh and hillary does this like hilarious imitation of jake thomas's like rendition of Matt where she does like a lot of like finger stroking of her chin mm-hmm. but she's like oh she doesn't know who she's dealing with and we later find out that the prank that Matt decides to pull on Kate is stuff a bunch of frogs in her locker like put some like powdery substance on the ground oh she slipped on a banana oh yeah she slipped on a banana that's right and into a bucket of chili that dumps on her head so then back to Matt back to Matt's storyline, which is Lizzie being Matt. She's having difficulty uh, maintaining his hair. So there's this whole like mixture of like hair gel and glue and 
I'm sure a bunch of other substances that like she uses to flatten his hair and she ends up dressing him in this like sweater vest khaki with loafers outfit. Matt arrives at school to see Melina and Lanny and Melina is laughing saying that, you know, Matt's you're such an amateur. I can't believe you put soap in the front um, fountain and didn't expect to get caught. Like what a, what an amateur move to which, Lizzie's like, I didn't do anything. I've been sitting here the whole time. And Melina and Lanny just think that he's, you know, sticking with this fake storyline to help him try and get out of trouble. Matt gets called into the principal's office, ends up getting three weeks of detention, to which Lizzie is horrified because she, of course, has never gotten in trouble at school in her life. When she comes back from the principal's office, she finds Melina and Lanny at the lunch table, to which she actually reveals to Melina and Lanny that she switched places with Matt. And shockingly, no questions asked. They're just like on board with it. So then they end up finding a bunch of soapy footprints. They follow that to a locker. Clark Benson. Clark Benson. So Clark Benson, every time that Matt walks by him in the the cafeteria, he always fake sneezes into his pudding. And so... He did that because he was tired of of having Matt sneeze into his pudding and he wanted him to stop. And so Lizzie promises that he won't sneeze into his pudding for a whole year or forever. Which one was it? I think it was forever. Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes, okay, I'll go tell the principal that I did it. So then they come back and they talk about each other's day. And Matt, who had been Lizzie all day, told Lizzie, you know, if you if you had the same attitude that you have towards me towards school and you being in the hallways, you would have a much better like time with Kate because I like, mm-hmm. won't let her push you around. And Lizzie reveals to Matt that he originally had three weeks detention, but she got him out of it by promising Clark Benson never to sneeze into his pudding again. Right. And so, but they didn't switch back and they were confused about that. So then they go to bed and animated Lizzie is complaining about the comfortability of, of not being in her own bed. And so you see Lizzie in Matt's body kind of roll over and fall off the bed. And then suddenly she's in her, in her room again, she comes out and calls Matt who's now in his own body. And they have like a little moment with each other and Sam and Joe come out and are confused by what's happening. And then Joe is like, oh my God, are you guys actually, you know, talking to each other? And Lizzie's like, oh, we just forgot to say goodnight. And there was a a moment where Lizzie was like trying to reference the day of like, you know, how crazy was that day? To which Matt's like, what are you talking about? Which like part of it was like, had me thinking, okay, was that supposed to all be a dream? Or... Uh As animated Lizzie states, if he's not going to say anything, I won't say anything. And then that's how the episode ends. So it was like, it was one of those where there was a lot of action, a lot of stuff happening. But I think the ending could have been stronger for me, in my opinion. But everything else loved it. I saw it coming. I think that like, oh, this is probably going to be a dream because this show has never quite, I mean, it jumps ship a lot, but this episode was to the extreme. Um, And so to kind of leave it in question as to whether or not it happened to me, kind of, I was like, yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. And I think I did remember it happening that way. But good job. You took great notes. Thank you. (laughs) 
I made a note about how at the beginning when they switch bodies, they're like, Lizzie in Matt's body is like, what should we do? And then Matt in Lizzie's body says, stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> and I know as a kid, like once I heard that, I used that line so much as a kid. Stop, drop, and roll. roll. And one thing that I remembered about this, Disney Channel was doing this thing where it wasn't their New Year's Eve deal, but like it would have been, I guess, over the summer because this premiered in the summer. But you could vote for which new episode of the show you wanted to see. Like, you go online. It probably wasn't a real fan-voted thing. But anyway. But you could vote for which episode you wanted to premiere. And I think that they, like, announced the winner right before it aired. And I remember wanting this episode to win so bad. Like, it just looked so cool to me. Like, Lizzie and Matt switching bodies. Mm -hmm. Wow. This episode, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. Our last episode, Kat, it is called In Miranda, Lizzie Does Not Trust, and it premiered July 5th, 2002. This is an episode where Miranda gets accused of shoplifting at the mall. They didn't really, like, the security guard was kind of a, like, silly character, so I don't even know what they were going for there. It didn't feel as serious, I guess, as it should have. But... Yeah, it wasn't serious until it was serious, and then it got really it got really serious for a second. Yeah. But when things start, we see Mr. Dig filling in for Coach Kelly in gym class. And we find out that the kids are going to learn how to dance. They each get partners. Miranda and Lizzie are going to be partners, and they get to do this trust fall. Gordo actually gets partnered with a girl named Beth, who is like five feet taller than him, which is great. But to practice as partners, they do that trust fall exercise where you like fall back and the person catches you. And Miranda catches Lizzie, of course. And so it's a very good, you know, kind of analogy for what we're going to see later in the episode where, you know, Lizzie's trust in Miranda is kind of uh, broken up for a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's just go ahead and knock out Matt's storyline here. So Matt and Lanny are going to start a talk show. Lanny got a webcam. This was iCarly before iCarly. I do want to talk about where they practice interviewing Joe because they were being very like entertainment gossip reporter and he's like, is it true that you're more than friends with Sam McGuire? And she says that she and Sam have been married for 15 years, which I thought was super sweet. I was like, oh, there's something we learned. Like, I mean, it makes sense, I guess. But yeah. anyway, I was like, oh, 15 years. Good for them. And so Matt and Lenny do start this web show or it's called Matt After Dinner, which is so appropriate because it's not like, you know, it can't be late night like they're kids. Also, they do the web show in the garage, I believe, which I don't ever remember seeing the Maguire's garage until this episode of the show. And then Sam actually winds up stumbling onto the set and they pull him on to be a guest and he starts doing these funny things where he gets grease on his face and Matt spills a drink on him and then they knock off some soil off a shelf and it falls onto Sam's head and then they get lots of viewers. So after that, they start doing these just pre-planned gags with Sam. I mean, it's really just kind of ridiculous and so, so planned and they really ham it up there. And, and Lanny's like, I'm not dealing with this fake nonsense and he leaves. He and Matt are at odds for a minute. Lanny with the values. Absolutely. And we'll wrap up Matt's story at the end because it kind of intertwines with Lizzie's a little bit. So. Yeah. So Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo, they go to the mall here. And at the mall, there is this, um, there's this bowl of candy sitting out at this one store that they go into. And it's like, you know, take some. Uh, Miranda just gets like handfuls of this candy and puts it in her purse. So like, Miranda, come on yeah, now. She, for trick-or-treating, she is the kid where it says, take one, that they she would have dumped the whole bowl of candy into her purse. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought about, for sure. And there was this uh, sneaky slash creepy security guard kind of watching this moment. Gordo, in the meantime, is trying on some sunglasses. And he's doing different accents to kind of match up the sunglasses. 
And did you like, did you die when he did this Italian moment? I literally was like, wow, wow, wow. Little do you know, Gordo, you're going to be in Italy soon. <laughs> I know. And he he was like, ciao. And he said, come right on my Vespa. Yes. And I was just like, that's such a foreshadowing. I mean, moment. And by the way, did I see on your Instagram that you'd been to Italy? Yes, I have. So did you do all the things, Lizzie McGuire movie things? Um, I did. I did a fair amount of them. I also specifically chose to go on a Vespa wine tour so that I could ride on a Vespa a la, a la Lizzie McGuire's adventure. So it wasn't through the streets of Rome. It was in the countrysides of Tuscany, but the sentiment was the same. Took a trip to the Trevi, did the whole, did the whole throw the coin into the into the fountain. Oh my gosh. Love it. Love it. Miranda is over here looking at some lipsticks and she drops a bunch of them and then she kind of quickly puts them back. And then she decides, you know, hey, I want to leave. And she was ready to go. I mean, she was like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, she had quite the fire under her under her butt to get out of there. I know. I know. As she's trying to leave, the security guard stops her and he finds lipstick in her purse, like one thing of lipstick. And she's like, oh, uh, that was from last week when I bought it. Lizzie, don't you remember? And Lizzie didn't remember. And so the security guard takes her away. That's when it does get really dramatic. And it's like, oh my gosh, like Miranda is being taken away right now. And Lizzie and Gordo didn't even help her or go with her or yeah. anything. Like they just let her go. And we find out that her parents, Miranda's parents had to come get her. Like Lizzie and Gordo didn't even stay there. Yeah. But Miranda calls Lizzie later and Gordo's actually at her house. And she questions if Lizzie believes that she's innocent. And Lizzie's like, well, Miranda, you you did take all that candy and you tried to get off in a hurry. And and Miranda's just, you know, she's shocked and she's like, you're supposed to believe me. Like, I'm your friend. And so the next day at school, Miranda asks for a different partner in gym class because, you know, it's the whole trust thing. And that's not going to work anymore. Lizzie does conveniently get paired with Ethan now, though, even though he drops her because he's distracted when they do the trust fall. And Miranda gets paired with a girl named Cassie Payne. And I love that we have these characters who we never hear anything about Mm -mm. otherwise, but here they are. The day in class where they are presenting their dances, we see that Beth does ballet. And so she does this great routine and Gordo is basically doing nothing. Like he's doing these little movements with his hand and Beth just dances around him. And it worked out for him in the end. All right. So Lizzie and Miranda's partners are out of class that day. So both Ethan and Cassie are gone. And so Mr. Digg is like, okay, Lizzie, Miranda, get back together and just do improv. And so they are yelling at each other and they are aggressively dancing here for a minute. And then it turns into a full on fight and Mr. Digg has to break them up. And again, we see them fight so much in this show, but I feel like this was a legitimate thing to have a fight about. Yeah, I think Miranda definitely had a right to be a little upset with Lizzie. Although Miranda was acting sketchy, too. Yes, she was. (laughs) So the moment that Lizzie kind of comes to her senses here is when she's actually down in the garage or basement or wherever and she's doing laundry and Lanny calls Matt and Matt's going to go help Lanny fix a project that had gotten messed up and Lizzie's like, I thought you were mad at Lanny and Matt says, he's my friend. I've got his back. No questions asked. Matt's going to be the voice of reason for this episode. Yeah, I was like, snaps to Matt. And so then, of course, Lizzie's like, okay, I got to stand up for Miranda. And the next day at school, Miranda gets pulled away by a teacher who accuses her of using, like, cliff notes for an assignment. And Lizzie steps in and, you know, says, Miranda didn't lie or cheat. And the funny part, though, is Miranda confesses to using the easy read notes and the teacher is going to make her redo her paper. But but Lizzie and Miranda make up at this point. And then we see Miranda do a little trust fall back into Lizzie. And I was like, oh, that's that's a great way to wrap that up. Full circle. 
And so those are our five episodes. Overall thoughts from me, five solid episodes here. Loved them all. I think my favorite would probably be and the winner is. And second favorite would be those Freaky Maguires, for sure. Honestly, after watching these five episodes, I feel like I'm going to watch the rest of the two seasons and be just as happy with all of them as I was with these five. Are you ready to move on to Quizzy Maguire? I am. I am. What do you have for me today? Okay. I think this is really hard. I would, uh, you would get the crown for being the biggest fan if you got this completely. But oh man, back in two thousand and four, Lizzie won in the kids Nickelodeon's Kids Choice Award favorite female singer. She beat in this category three women, three female artists. Okay, I'm gonna name two of them, and I want to know if you know who the third is. Okay, so she beat J Lo. And Ashanti. And the thing I will tell you about this third female artist is that she is still around and prevalent in today's music. It's Beyonce. Yes! Did you know this? I already knew that. Like, I knew it before you even gave the hint. Oh my god! What? But see, look, like, I randomly will go down rabbit holes where I watch, like, all of her talk show interviews and, like, her award speeches and all this stuff. Like, no joke. Oh my gosh. I literally, so I was I was doing research for my show, and I, what part of the shows were going to be using some video compilations of various different like interviews that she's done and like little, little just sound bites from, from clips throughout her years in the early 2000. And I came across this and I could not believe that she had beat Beyonce. <laughs> well, it's hilarious. Like Beyonce and J-Lo. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she was the kid star. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I mean like Beyonce has always had like, her place in the world like throughout her entire career but there definitely was Mm -hmm. a time where like she wasn't the most like she was popular but you kind of forget that Beyonce at one point wasn't like Queen Bee in everyone's eyes I mean that Pepsi commercial with her in pink like with Britney Spears Beyonce in pink like Beyonce was not the most relevant of those three yeah so it's it so I saw that and I was like that is an incredible achievement for Hilary Duff to have beaten Beyonce. Yeah. Truly incredible. I'm impressed. You've impressed me. That's incredible. (sighs) I try. I try. So my question for you today. All right. So in 2005, Hilary became the face of a fashion line for a department store. Do you know what that fashion line is? Was it Candy from Kohl's? It was candies at Kohl's. Yes, correct. Boom. Okay. And bonus points, there was like a second round where she was uh, with like three other girls. Do you remember the other girls that she was with? Like the ads had three other girls and yeah, with her. Mm, nope. I have no idea. Who are they? So Michelle Trachtenberg, oh. Sierra, Whoa. and then a girl named Samir Armstrong who was on the OC and I don't really know her, but. Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah, I would not have guessed any close anywhere close to that, but... <laughs> but good job. And I remember her ads for that. Like, I remember seeing it on TV and it had Wake Up in it. It was yeah. so good. Yeah, I, just, I distinctly remember that clothing line, mostly because I wanted things from that clothing line. But I, I never really, like, went shopping. I got a lot of hand-me-downs because, mm. like, we were friends with a lot of people who were, like, just older than me that when they grew out, I was that size. I only got what what was given to me. (laughs) 
I just remember the commercial was like candies at Kohl's. Mm-hmm. So, and that's still a thing. Like that's a really like iconic thing to get to be named like the candy girl. Yeah. Well, Kat, that is a wrap for our episode. And this has been so much fun again. Yes, it's uh, always so wonderful talking to you about Hillary. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much right. for having me. And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye Team Duff. Bye.